You're now tuned into the Hardwood Brand Podcast with your favorite guys, Dorian and Kyle. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Hardwood Brand Podcast. It's your favorite guys, Kyle and Dorian. If this is your first time listening, welcome and thanks for checking us out. To our regular listeners, welcome back and thanks for rolling with us. On this podcast, we discuss basketball-related topics, and we hope you find our conversations entertaining and educational. If you do, go back to our previous podcast and check them out. And with that said, let's sub ourselves in the game and get this ball moving. What's up, everybody? It's your main man, D. Hill, a.k.a. Temporary D. Hilly. We back in the building. I got my main man with me. What up, your your favorite guy in the building, of course, old man Ross, Air Maxes and sweatsuits, of course. I see how you got that little temporary AKA. I like that, my brother. Yeah, man, it's just temporary TBA. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, too, because we know you're going to get some gift cards. The holiday season is right around the corner, so I'm expecting you to get at least 10 to 15, which is ridiculous. I appreciate that, man. Don't appreciate it from me because you're not getting one from me. Anyway, what's up, man? <laughs> what's going on this week? Nothing much, man. So we're going we're gonna to kick off a, a slightly new segment. Uh, we're just going to try to do uh, what what happens during the week, just like what happens in the league this week. Uh, just, mm. just a quick rundown. We're not going into depth. We're just going to hit you with the headlines and keep it pushing. Okay, I like that. Breaking news with D. Hill, huh? Yep. All right. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Kobe Bryant it was named Global Ambassador of the 2019 FIFA World Cup. Mm, congrats, Kobe. The NBA, bean. Yeah. Next season, the NBA will start one week earlier. Oh, that's even better for us. Yep. I love it. The Cavaliers will host the 2022 NBA All-Star Game. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, they got to give them something after LeBron left. Yeah, and Kevin Love. Yeah, oh, I could just two. throw that in there. Kevin Love is injured once again. Yeah, he's out for about two months, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, he ain't the, tripping. <laughs> nope. Uh, the Spurs will retire Manu Ginobili's jersey on March 28th. Oh, that's dope, Mr. Euro. Yep. And Kyrie cut the afro off. He actually looks human again. Maybe he'll be playing better because he's been playing like crap. So Right, right. For- um, and the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, as of the recording of this podcast, are the only remaining undefeated team. And last but not least, everybody probably didn't heard about it by now. Mr. Clay Thompson dropped 52 on the lowly Chicago Bulls. He had 14 threes in the whole game, 10 of them which were in the first half. Insane. Uh, did you t- did you tell them that they also scored 92 points at halftime? And there you go. It was also an NBA 2K score of <laughs> when somebody like myself gets on the sticks versus someone like Kyle that's played. Oh, yeah. I'm done with 2K, though. It, you know, it'll be a lot closer nowadays, man. I'm retired. Um, okay. But that's insane. Like, so let me ask you this. Was anybody on the Bulls playing? I mean, or they were just letting them score? Or what's going on? Man, I don't know. From what I saw, it just looked like they were throwing a lot of screens at the Bulls. And, you know, Clay got that quick trigger. He was just letting them fly. Yeah, that's dope. And I, I, I did watch the highlights. I didn't get to see the whole game. But I like how once they realized he was close to getting the record of three-pointers, 14, mm-hmm. um, they kept looking for him. Like, yeah. guys were very unselfish. Dudes had layups. They're like, nah, where's Clay? Setting back screens. And it was that's cool. That's what it's about, man. I mean, Steph... He had the record, and now Clay has it. But Steph and everybody was cheering so that Clay could get the record. I, th- I think that's cool. That speaks volumes about the uh, Warriors organization and how unselfish they are as a team. That's cool. Exactly. As much as I hate them as a team, like you, you can't, uh, you can't deny um, the camaraderie and the the beauty of the way they play the game of basketball. Like they're superstars on that team, and they all share the ball. You don't really hear too much griping about uh, not getting the ball um, from them. We didn't even – I didn't even know Clay was shooting so bad until I saw a post on Instagram. Terrible. He was shooting like 13%. Mm-hmm. And I had just brought him up to a gentleman at the gym. I'm like, Clay is having a bad shooting year. 
But it, I said, he'll get out of that funk like he always does, you know? Yeah. And he just happened to do it yesterday. And the only bad part about this whole thing is, and I'm going to say it, man. You know, we play fantasy basketball every yep. year. So I'm playing Jay Lisby. What's up, Jay Lisby? Of course, we, you know, we love you. And he has Clay Thompson, and I'm not happy about it, okay? Because I'm losing <laughs> right now. So that's the only bad part about this. But salute to you, Clay. Um, you're out of your slump for now. And then he mentioned in the interview, the post interview, he said, Should I? He said he was going to cut the hair low and get rid of the beard. He was like, Well, maybe I got to keep it now. Cause he looked kind of, you know, scraggly like Kyrie did before he cut his. So I guess Clay is going to continue to grow the beard and. Have the uh the homeless look for now. Yeah, he might even he might even continue wearing uh the headband too, cause he said he felt like Jackie Moon out there. I did hear that he watched the movie uh, <laughs> the night before, which is cool. So salute to you, Clay. Uh, the Warriors are doing what we expect them to do. Now on the opposite end of that, they played the Bulls, and I have to question this as a coach. What are you doing? Uh, Fred Hoiberg has been in the news for being on the hot seat, just like some other coaches I mentioned. But do you think Fred Hoiberg is going to make it to all-star break, or do you think they should just uh, get rid of him now? What do you What do you think about him? I mean, I feel like, for me, like the Bulls were one of the teams I think could be a dark horse in the East because of all the young talent that they had. Um, I think, personally, they should look to let him go because he's been there for a while, um, and they haven't made any progress. Mm -hmm. at all i mean especially this season you would think that they would be playing a lot better but they've been getting blown out by teams which is pretty insane i mean i know uh laurie marketing isn't playing but i don't think his presence is gonna change that whole atmosphere he's not like a like a lebron or like a kd type player like he's gonna change the whole culture there but i mean i know he'll help them but it it, it kind of boils down to the coaching like what kind of what kind of changes are you making throughout the game to help your team? Uh, what kind of defensive sets are you running? Like, are you even watching the game? Yeah, so. I have to I have to question that, and then I also question uh, your rotations because they have a lot of the same type of players that play the same position. So mm -hmm. I know you have Jabari, you have Bobby Portis who was playing before he got hurt. Uh, you mentioned marketing who will come back, and then. Denzel Valentine's not even playing. Wait till he comes back. And then uh, Levine is there. You, uh, Chris Dunn is, I guess, in and out of the lineup. I don't know. There's just a lot of inconsistencies with these players. And uh, I, I think, co of course, when you're winning, everybody's happy. But when you're losing, even if the players are playing bad, they have to point the finger somewhere. And it's usually the coach that they point at first. Uh, yeah. So, so. I think they should just give them to the end of the year uh, because anybody that you bring in, I don't think that it, it's going to make a big change because I don't really see that that roster and that team doing much. I don't even see them making the playoffs, which is sad. I mean, that a healthy sucks, roster. Man. Yeah, I, I mean, LeBron's gone out of the East now, but I still don't see the Bulls doing anything. They don't have a – who's your go-to guy? Who's your guy you can count on? Jimmy Butler's gone. Who can you count on? at the end of the game, to get you a bucket, to score. I mean, they just I – I think they're still trying to figure that out. I, yeah, I mean, and, and my boy Antonio Blakeney, he, he's actually trying to step his game up. He had, uh, I think, 21 in their last game, and he's been playing pretty well. Um, mm -hmm. But, like, if I had that roster, I would just try to, you know, solidify who your starters are, solidify who your bench – team is going to be and just hit people with a like a platoon uh kind of thing like you can hit people with like a five you know a five off the bench that's going to come in and be something like you know what the clippers had like a couple years ago when they had the bench mob like right, they have right, enough right. players at each position to to be able to do that and i mean like you said fred fred hoiberg <laughs> fred hoiberg's um rotations are pretty suspect man yeah, I I don't I don't get it, but we'll see uh, what what the Bulls end up doing. I mean, he's not the only one that's been on the the hot seat as far as the NBA goes right now. Um, Terry Stotts is another one who has been in Portland for a few years now, and 
for the most part, has had the same group of guys for the last couple of years. I know they have made some changes. They got Evan Turner and they, they got rid of a few guys. But you have two of the best uh, guards in the league, easy, uh, with Dame and, and CJ. And it, it's just not working. I don't. I, I don't understand how you can't you can either get to the first round or you can't even get into the playoffs. But they're just like the same same team every year. Like they're mm-hmm. just going through the motions. There's no who are your options? Are you are you getting guys to to help Dame and, and CJ? I, I mean, we know they do a lot of ISO ISO basketball. But if you knew if you know that, maybe get guys that are a little more unselfish who don't mind just rebounding, setting screens, playing defense. Um, to get those other guys going. I just – I don't know. I, I think he's been there for a while, and I think he's another guy that might end up losing his job this season. I mean, yeah, I, I've said this for a minute. Like, whatever he's doing, it's not – it's clearly not working. He And he's been afforded the opportunity to keep trying, um, which is a shame as well, which we'll get into later, and uh, we'll get into the main subject of this podcast. Um, but, yeah, I feel like, you know, Terry – and when you look at that roster, though, it, it's only CJ and, and Dame pretty much. I mean, yeah, they got Evan Turner. They got Mo Harkless. They have um, a couple other guys on the team. But, again, they have a lot of players at the same positions. Like, they have a lot of guards all the time. Why would you continue to bring in new guards when you have those two ball-dominant guards already there? You need to right, solidify right. those other positions. Like I, I like Nurkic. Exactly. Uh, he's a he's a good big guy, um, but I feel like, I like he, he he doesn't get he doesn't get a chance to show what he could do like he did in Denver, um, up there in Portland because Damon and CJ have the ball so much. Yeah, and that and that's another thing when you have guys that dominate the ball so much and then they do give it to you, you're not in sync. You're out of rhythm. There's no. Um, there's no comfort to your game because you haven't had as many touches, you know. So right, right. That that's it. It just seems like the systems and the, and the guys that they have that that to run the team. There's no there's no jail there because I mean they even have Aminu right, and he's oh just, yeah I forgot he, about that boom. He's a well that's because he came from the Clippers, but he he's he's a good overall basketball player. Defends. He can shoot. Hit the open jump shot. He can play defense. Uh, rebound, but he's just another guy on that team. I just uh, yeah, I think I, I think what Portland lacks is intensity. Like mm. they don't have guys that go that's gonna go get it and go go after it and be some dogs on the court. I know Dame he he gets Except in the Dame. mode. Yeah, like yeah. Dame gets in the mode where he's gonna score. But you know you see him getting getting excited and and pumped up like when he when he's got it going. But other than that, they all chilling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I I think he'll be one to not make it this season. I won't say as early as All Star break, but I don't see him, especially if they don't do much. Uh, if they don't get out of the first round or they just barely make it, I see him being replaced this season. Um, I'll give you two. I'll give you two other coaches, and then we can move on. Um, they mentioned Billy Billy Donovan, uh, maybe being on the hot seat. I think it's too early to determine that with. Uh, Injuries and, and people not being there just yet, I, I wouldn't really say that he's on the hot seat, but they just mentioned his name. And then Tom Thibodeau is also another one uh, just being with all the Jimmy Butler fiasco and mm-hmm. them starting off kind of slow. I know they're starting to get it together, so we'll see. Uh, it, it, I, don't really, I don't really see anybody being replaced as early as the gentleman that you'll mention, but I, I see – that if teams don't do what they're supposed to this year, we'll see a lot of coaches being replaced more than we've seen in the last couple of years because you have a lot of teams that are just kind of been doing the same thing for the last three, four years, you know? Exactly, so, exactly. So so um, talk to us about uh, anybody that's been replaced or, or, or let go so far. I know we had a coach that you wanted to bring up, so – yeah, and before I before I get into that, I just wanted to be I just wanted to make this point like it's not basketball, but I always look at some like like you to go back to what you were saying before about sometimes like you know uh, when a team is not playing well, you have to point the finger at somebody. Sometimes right. it is the players, and sometimes it's the coach. 
And in football, I always look at uh, the Steve Fisher, Fisher situation when he was coaching the Rams. They pretty mm-hmm. much had the same roster last season, and they had a complete turnaround. Todd Gurley couldn't even gain a yard when Steve Fisher was the coach. And then he damn near won the MVP last year. And then you look at what they're doing now, and they're just dominating in, in every aspect of the game in the NFL. Um, so a coach can come in and and be uh, a motivation and, you know, like a refresher to some of these guys. But so, most of the time, it's, it's the performances of these the players that get the coaches fired. So, and I think that's what happened in Cleveland. You can't ex- Dan Gilbert and those guys. They, I think they pulled the trigger way too quickly on firing Tyrone Lou. Like, what do you expect? Like, they just lost the world's best player, uh, who took that team, which is in shambles, to the NBA Finals by himself. You remove him from that situation. They don't have anybody on the team, like you said, that can go get it or can can create a shot for themselves. Like they look lost out there, and they started zero and six. Yeah, they started zero and six, and now Tyrone Lue has lost a job, which is uh like our subject for the for the podcast is just like uh, black coaches. Do they get a fair shot? I, I would say no. And just to piggyback before we we go into the segment, uh. I think the Tyrone Lou thing, deep down inside, it's a blessing for him. He's probably just tired of oh, yeah. being in the limelight. And the last few years, a lot of additional stress with LeBron. And it's like, we got to, we have to win. We have, you know, once uh, um, Black was out of there and they brought Ty Lou in, they won the next year. So I, I think the pressure of coaching LeBron and, Everybody, they saw him and LeBron get into it. So I think this is a good time for him to just kind of fall back because he went from being assistant to being the coach of the best player in the world, as you exactly. mentioned. And and then um, it sucks that they they got rid of him so early. But we'll, we're going to see more people, unfortunately, lose their jobs in Cleveland, and they're going to fall by the wayside. I mean, every season from now on, because for one, nobody wants to play in Cleveland. They're not going to get any superstars at all no, to go to no. Cleveland. And they're just going to – they're not going to make the playoffs this year. They're not going to do much. Kevin Love is out for a couple of months. So, it is what it is. And then, you know, Larry Drew doesn't even want the job. So, it, it tells you a lot about the organization. And, you know, I'm not big on Cleveland anyway because of right. the Dang owners Gilbert. and all that. Yeah. So, I'm I'm sad for Ty Lue, but I'm also happy because he's out of that – they probably still got to pay him. He got a ring. He can relax, go to the beach, and just chill. So, Ty Lue, yeah, you know, yeah. um, hopefully you, you'll you be coaching in the NBA again, uh, you know, at your discretion. And we, we wish you nothing but success moving forward. So Right, right. I got a quick question before we dive in. Do you okay. think it the LeBron factor has a lot to do with the, these coaches getting fired as well? Because he, like you said, he bumped heads with Ty Lue when he was there. Mm-hmm. He bumped heads with Black when he was there. He bumped heads with, like, everybody that's been Mike coaching Brown. him. And then now you see with the Lakers, they're not playing at the level that they were expected to play at. And now Luke Walton is kind of on the hot seat. He can't, are you are you blaming the coaches or are you blaming LeBron? Well, I think it's very or hard to – Or the expectation to... of LeBron. Well, the, I think it's hard to coach LeBron because Le, LeBron is his own coach. And yeah. LeBron has so much power within the organizations that he's played with. So a lot of times those coaches, in my opinion, are, are puppets. And I go back to even Spolster, who started and, you know, he eventually molded into a decent coach. But he was a puppet for years because Pat yeah. Riley was the one calling the shots, LeBron, do because LeBron was the guy to say, no, we're going to sub him in, we're going to do this and that. And Blatt, it didn't work because he wasn't listening to LeBron. Him and LeBron butted heads on TV during a, a live game mm-hmm. near the end of the game, so that didn't work. Tyron Lue and LeBron had a good relationship just like Damon Jones, so I think it was more of a, a puppet thing, and they were just like, LeBron, you kind of do what he wants to do. Ty Lue, you put your input in. Spolster, you put your input in. Now, the same with Luke Walden. I feel like 
me personally, I don't think I think Luke Walton should have been replaced already. But he's mm-hmm. a puppet. He's the golden boy. His dad played. Uh, he has a good relationship with the Lakers organization. So there are a lot of levels to it. Now, if they don't do much, if they don't make the playoffs, then you start to question. They're not going to blame LeBron. They'll put all the attention on Luke Walton, of course. They'll say, well, it's LeBron's first year, da-da-da-da, like they always do. And they'll fire him first, and then they'll come back next season trying to figure out the next puppet, in my opinion. Magic and uh, a lot of those guys in the organization are the ones running the team. I don't see Luke Walton coaching at all, aside from – subbing people I I just don't see it and I've heard him in the when they when they film and they show him in the huddles it's not much conversation going on so right I don't know I think it's very the expectations are very high with LeBron people expect him to win the championship in the next two or three years um whoever takes that coaching position if it's not Luke, Luke Walton a lot of pressure is the spotlight and the pressure is going to be on you so mm-hmm yeah, so just to get into um, our subject for this week's uh, episode, it's now if, let's say uh, Luke Walton was a brother, mm-hmm. um, would he have already been fired? Yes. It's he wouldn't sat- even made it this season. Right, and it, it we don't we don't mean to play the race card on this ep- on this episode or anything like that. Um, but there is a trend um, in the NBA that the black coaches oftentimes don't get fair shots. And um, it's sad to say, I mean, because the league is damn near 75% African-American and there's only like 20, 10 to 20% coaching. There's like six coaches now. Um, my math is awful right there, but there's it's only okay. six six brothers coaching in the NBA right now and there's 30 teams in the NBA. Something that's not right. It's not right. And you just asked what Luke Walton, if he was a brother, is a prime example. It would have been Byron Scott, and they let him go. So exactly. there's, your, there's, your, there's your example. I mean, before that, my, if I'm not mistaken, Mike Brown was in that position. They had, they had somebody before that. but yeah. And it's not to say that these co- – like, because Byron Scott and Luke Walton, to me, there's not a significant difference in coaching style. Like maybe you maybe you don't have the respect of players in the locker room. That's where a lot of it comes. These players don't respect you. You don't have uh, everyone's attention maybe. But mm-hmm. Byron Scott seems like a pretty stand-up guy. I don't understand how he got fired so early. They didn't even give him a shot. I just yeah. I, I have to question how fair it is, you know? Exactly. I, I, I totally feel you on that. I just feel like, you know, like we talked about a million times off, off the podcast that a lot of the times the, the, the black guys that get the opportunity to coach, they're thrown into terrible situations. Terrible. Byron Scott, for example, was thrown into two terrible situations. He was thrown into a terrible situation in Cleveland. He was thrown into a terrible situation with the Lakers, and now he's out of a job. Right. Um, that happens all the time. Like, you have mm-hmm. Jason Kidd. He got thrown into a situation at, with the Bucks where they had Antetokounmpo, but he's not playing at the level he's playing at now, and they didn't really right. have any pieces around him. And Jason Kidd kind of built them up a little bit, but I guess it wasn't fast enough for them, so they let him go. which is unfair yeah it's just like a pattern that we see but there's all these these uh white coaches that that get an opportunity like like terry stotts like yeah they keep going to the playoffs and yeah they win games during the regular season but isn't the point of playing in the nba to get to advance each year to get better as a team yeah and to win the championship exactly And, and like we said before portland has only made it to the playoffs and won maybe gotten to the first and second round and that's it. That's their ceiling. That's about it. And also you mentioned Jason Kidd and also these coaches, if you have injuries, Jabari Parker's been inconsistent for the last couple years. You had Bledsoe that went down. You had Malcolm Brogdon that had gotten hurt. If you don't have your full roster, what do you expect these coaches to do? They're not exactly suit suit they're not suiting up to play. You you're bringing in sometime rookies or two-year guards or whoever to fill these superstar positions they got to work with what they get with work with what they have so i i feel like jason Kidd got an unfair shot and to piggyback off byron scott he got let go after he took 
a Nets team years ago to the championship back to back. Exactly. But people forget so that though. People quickly forget and um it I just it seems very unfair. That's all we we want to say that it, it it doesn't seem fair. You have coaches you mentioned Terry and other coaches that have been there for a long period of time and they kind of let them figure it out and then maybe they let them go or they go to another team and I'm like well what about Avery Johnson and you know I know we'll have a list of black coaches but I just it's very unfair to me man I just I get upset especially with the Golden State thing and oh yeah that that really irked me that really irked me a lot so but Another point to bring up too is um, I was doing some just some research, and last year, um, four of the six black coaches made it to the playoffs. That's saying something. You give these guys that are oftentimes grew up in basketball, played basketball, um, were assistant coaches. They know the game. If you give them opportunity and a roster to work with, not some thrown together team they can do the job as efficiently as these other coaches that are out there like you see that time in and time out but we just don't get a chance to to develop a team and develop a style and create a culture within that team because by the time you start doing that then they're like oh you know what you're not winning so we're gonna let you go we're gonna give it to the the interim uh, or the assistant coach, which is also oftentimes some hotshot white guy, yeah, like like and, in Toronto. Not to take anything yeah. away from dude, I forgot his name, um, but it seemed like they were itching to let let uh, Dwayne Casey go and to give it off to uh, the guy, the second in command, who happens to be a white guy. And we we touch on this because, like Dorian said, it's not to pull a race card. It's just for us. We want to understand it. It doesn't seem fair. Like if you right. give a guy opportunity, you should at least, and this is every coach. This is not just black, white, yeah, Latino. It You should give them a few years. That should be the, like, you can't, you shouldn't be able to fire somebody after six games. Like that, w- what's going on? Like give somebody three, four years, al- allow them time to build these players, your draft picks. If you have a superstar, and then see what's going on. I could see if you're not winning at all, but if you're just going to start firing people for no for six, seven games, that means Hoiberg should have been fired after last night's after the after they played oh, yeah. Golden State, and you let somebody score 92 points in the NBA game. If you just are going to start firing people, you need to be fired. Period. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with period. that. Period. I mean, that's because because you obviously not going you're not going to get rid of the players. So you got to point the finger, and it's the coach. So be fair. Hoyberg should be out of there. Bring in the assistant coach or whoever. If you going, or if you going to make a, a statement like that, and I just I, I I feel you all the way. Like it's just unfair to the brothers because Dwayne Casey to be replaced after he got coach of the year is mind boggling to me. It's not. It's not him out there. It's, no, it's Kyle not. Lowry and Demar Derozan. Yep. <laughs> Period. Yep. <laughs> And, and they got mad at him last year for benching DeMar DeRozan. But for someone that's not performing, what do you want him to do? DeMar DeRozan, he couldn't throw a rock in the river. And exactly. he benched him. And they actually won that game that he didn't play. So everybody's like, well, what about DeMar? Just because you're the superstar don't mean you got to play. If you're not performing, you sit your ass on the bench. Exactly. So, I don't exactly. Know, I don't know. It's just... It's very it, unfair. It is. And and I wanted to give a, another uh, statistic. Um, it's about mm-hmm. the downward trend that the NBA is going on as far as hiring black coaches. Um, black Back in 2010, um, 2011 season, there were 10 black coaches, which was cool. Um, mm-hmm. 2012-13 season, there were 14, which is I think has been like the highest it's ever been. That's almost half the league were coached by black guys. Then we started falling. 2014-15 season, there was only nine. And now there's only six coaches, which we have Alvin Gentry with the Pelicans, Doc Rivers with the Clippers, Nate McMillan with the Pacers, Dwayne Casey uh, with the Pistons, and Larry Drew. I guess you could count Larry Drew now uh, with the Cavs. And then we got J.B. Bickerstaff with the Grizzlies. And... 
and let's be fair about this, and that's that's very low as far as very low, culture. man. And let's be fair about this. We're only we're just saying giving them a shot. Like what what is the protocol on how long they can cope? Like when do you fire someone? Because prime example of someone black being there a long time is Doc Rivers. Like let's not yeah, he, and Alvin he Gentry got, too. Alvin Gentry and, too, and, and Alvin Gentry too. So it's not we just want to know what is the protocol and what are you expecting out of certain coaches? Like I I we think there should be more opportunity for African-American and black coaches yes. uh, it, and put them in a position for them to win. Like, don't, okay, uh, you want to give Larry Drew, Tyron lose. You know nothing good is going to come out of that. So when they continue to lose and go in a, di- uh, a downhill s- spiral, you're going to say, okay, Larry Drew, you've been relieved of all your duties as well. What do you want him to do? And I'm not saying, oh, just put a white guy there and then fire him, but – Right. What are you expecting these coaches to do? That's yeah, when they I... don't have a when they don't have a good product to put on the floor, or they don't have anything to work with, that, that's hard. You you got to give hard. the person time. You got to give them time, man. You got to give give somebody time. Give them give them an opportunity to show their skills. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, Avery Johnson. He, you know, he said, "Forget it. He's gonna go down to college and make an impact." And he's doing that at Alabama exactly. now. Yep. Like he, he's an excellent coach. Yep. You just gotta give these guys an opportunity. Um, yeah. And we're not saying just because you're black, you need a a coaching job. Because you know, all all coaches are not good coaches. It doesn't matter the race. But we're saying there should be more black coaches in the NBA. And and if they are black coaches. Give them an opportunity to win or at least right, show right. their skill. Six games, that's a joke. That's a, that that's is a, a joke. Especially, a joke, especially Come when on. you're expecting the same results as you got last year when LeBron James is not on your team. Come on, man. It was the and same thing that it was the same thing that happened with Mike Brown. He was coaching how many games with the Lakers? Or oh, when, man, when that they, was a joke. It was about five games in. And Five Mike was at they, Chick-fil-A. You saw him down there, right? Getting yep. an eight-piece or something like that. So yep. I just I I just you you should be fair, um, especially with you your your number says 75, 78% African Americans. Mm-hmm. There should be more coaches, you know, more general managers, more trainers, more um it would love to, owners would be amazing. I know Mike That's is out what, there. I, but, I was just going to touch on that too. I yeah, was going to say yeah. it, it. It honestly has to start at the top, man. Um, yeah. There's not a lot of owners that are black in professional sports, let alone the NBA. But it has to start at the top. There has to be guys to that. I feel like if you're owning a team, like yeah, you got to have money, but I also feel like you got to have some kind of knowledge of the game. Like, why not hire somebody like like a Patrick Ewing, who has been an assistant coach forever and right, never right. got a chance to be a head coach in the NBA, so now he's forced to True. go to college. Avery Johnson, like you mentioned before, he's proven that he's a good coach. He might be a little hard-nosed for these young, sensitive dudes, but he knows the game of basketball, but you forced him to go back to college. There's Mark Jackson, who his job was taken away from him after he built up a team that was – trash to something uh good like granted they they had clay thompson granted they drafted draymond green and uh steph curry was starting to develop into the player that he is now but mark jackson was that person that developed those guys and then they took the job away from him and now steve kerr is getting all the glory for it all the glory and they won the next year and i and i think uh with that that one is the most, like just slap in the face. I mean, I mean, yeah. even if the even if the Warriors, they because they know the Warriors know, and it's no look. It could have been anybody. It could have been Dave Williams that come in and replace him, and we they was going to win way. anyways. Yeah, yeah. So it's nothing against Steve Kerr because Steve Kerr seems actually like a stand up guy. Like we like Steve. That's no. Yeah. I, I um, think I think off the camera, Steve would probably tell you like, yeah, man, Mark Jackson. He should get the credit. Like I just came in. Of course, because of course, like you said, anybody off the street could have just sat in that head. Look, you saw what happened. Luke Walton sat in that seat, and they damn near went undefeated while he was the coach, and he wasn't doing and, nothing. 
and that's why the Lakers, and that's why he's in the position he is with the Lakers. But exactly, people and fans, real basketball fans know, but people that don't know the game of basketball are expecting Luke Walton to do what he did with Golden State. And guess what, ladies Not and gentlemen? Not going to happen. You don't have those pieces. So, no. like, who are you kidding? You don't yeah. have those guys. So you're not going to see the same results if you don't have a Clay Thompson, a Steph, a Draymond, a Sean Livingston, an Iguodala, and a KD. It's just not going to happen. So I just think the Warriors, they, did, they dropped the ball on that when they did that wrong because even presenting Mark Jackson with the ring at that next year, at a game that he's that he because he would have to commentate games. Yeah, he he did the finals, <laughs> and I'm like, come on, man, you guys, you guys are something else. You know that this man had a lot to do with that. You can make one ring and say, hey, listen, we let you go, this and that, but we still want to salute you. Thank you for everything that you've done. They exactly. can do that. They, I know that's I a, know that's asking a lot, but that would be the right thing to do. It would just be the we're not saying all the rings, just no, that no, no, one no. championship. Just, just that one, yeah. Just the just one acknowledge, directly acknowledge after. the man's um talent and what he did for your organization and what he did for your um your team. That's all. And Steph and those guys are probably right behind Steve, like, yeah, he he put all this together and we, you know, we just let him go for nothing. And, you know, unfortunately, people they quick. They, they forget. When you're winning, they forget. So yeah, that's definitely true. It's a party right now out there um, in Golden State. But Mark Jackson, that bothers me. Every time I see him uh, without a job, and maybe at this point he might not want to coach, but the way yeah. that they did it was so cold. That's all. Right, right. So cold. I mean, but, but it's oftentimes like, like they don't get a fair shot at these good jobs. It's just always a terrible situation. Mm-hmm. Like anytime yeah. there's a, I mean, I, I hate to bring the race card up, but every time there's a, uh, a vacancy, yes, of a, it, it's a bad team. Like I, I think back to when Chauncey was offered a, what is a general manager of the, the Cleveland, uh, Cavaliers, he knew LeBron was about to leave. So he would have inherited some crazy, terrible job and probably would have got fired right along with Tyrone Lou this season. So he made the right decision, but it just seems like, these owners have to make a concerted effort to try to do more um, as to giving these guys a better shot at staying in that job once they get there. But oftentimes they don't even get the the shot, you know, they don't get the shot. They don't, they don't get the shot. And what happens a lot of times is uh, they don't like to go against the grain, as you always mentioned. So, everybody's not like Popovich who's going to bring in a Becky Ham to be yeah. on assistant and then soon she'll have her own team and be a head coach somewhere. People are scared. So it's yeah. the same thing. It's like, oh, I'm just going to go with what I'm used to or the norm and that's just hiring certain, the same type of coaches who are around four or five years for the Kings and the Bulls and the Wizards and they don't do much and there's no change and then they've been there six, seven years and you're like, Oh, they finally got fired, but then you have a coach that won the championship two years prior, had a mediocre season, went to the finals with somebody, then comes back the following year. Their their superstar is gone, and you fire him after six games. It's a slap in the face. I just I don't understand that. I really don't. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you, you it's, know? it's rough, man. It, it's yeah. it's definitely rough. But they, you know, the I, NBA should should make it a point to. I think in not just the NBA, all professional sports, you have. The I mean, I hate to bring this up and I hate to say this, but the way I look at it, like you have these sports nowadays, football and base and basketball, predominantly black players, mm-hmm. ownership, all white. There's mm-hmm. hardly no black people up there. It's almost like the slave and the slave master kind of thing. I mean, I know we brought that up with the Colin Kaepernick situation, but right. it's just like. I mean, I know people may not be doing it intentionally, but that's just how it looks. Like, you're that's not giving is, these yeah. guys opportunities um, in higher positions. Like, yeah, now in the NBA, they're starting to let these guys be GMs, and they're starting to, like, wake up and see, like, there's an advantage to hiring a guy that knows the game of basketball. Like, Philadelphia just hired um, Elton Brand as their new general manager. I thought that was a dope move. Um right. 
with your boy mm-hmm. James Jones. He's in Phoenix. With I mean, Phoenix stinks, but at least you know they're afforded these jobs and are being able to be promoted from within. But when it gets to coaching, it all stops, and that sucks. It does, and I think as you as you mentioned earlier, it starts from up top. So from trainers to general managers. We're not just saying coaching at this point. Just give brothers and it can be women an opportunity for as a trainer, mm-hmm. as a whatever, a sit. Just put them in position to show their skill set and to prove themselves. And then they're like, okay, this this is a good coach. This is a good trainer. This is a right. good whoever, but referee or whoever it is. But if they don't even get an opportunity, it's like. Damn, this is a big slap in the face. When you yeah. have guys that are not doing the jo- a good job, like the Kings coach and whatnot. I mean, there are a lot of coaches that are doing bad and they still have their jobs. This is all exactly. we're saying. Exactly. But, and they've never even been to the playoffs or to the finals. Yeah. Or like got he, coach of the year. Like <laughs> you he, know? Yeah, and then when the white then when the white guys get fired, they get a job so quickly. I I, I look at Mike Malone, for example, he got fired from the Kings, and he got the Denver job right away. Yeah, and look at looking from the 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 Kings job, who are a bunch of bums. No disrespect to anybody in Sacramento; it's all love. But he got he's in a better position after he got fired. Now you exactly. have Jokic, exactly. you got Jamal Murray, you have pieces, and all these guys are under twenty four years old. And they, I know they gave him at least four or five years, and he's like, let's slowly get this together. Let's slowly turn the table and try to get this team winning. So, I just, I, I don't, I don't understand that. Um, so, you know, we like Dorian mentioned, we just want to bring it to everybody's attention. And a lot of people already know this, but we're just giving you our opinions and how we feel about it. And hopefully, that we'll, in the next couple years, we'll see more changes. Just yeah, with oppor- yeah, man, just for just, opportunities. Exactly. That's all. Like I feel like I feel like having the league be fifty fifty would be a great thing. I mean, Absolutely. if I had it my way, it would be more than fifty percent because you got to have somebody in that position that relates to these guys. I think if you have somebody in a position that can relate to these guys, I think it brings more out of the player. Like if you have a dude there that is just going, you know. Bret- you know, not pretend, but he might know the X's and O's, but he can't articulate, you know, and and speak to these guys in the language that they understand. There's going to be a disconnect. And I think, you know, some of these white coaches, they're not understanding, you know, where these dudes are coming from nowadays. And we see in the product on the court and it's not working. And we're and we stress this enough. It's not all white coaches or no, we feel no, it's like not. it's just they have majority of the jobs. So that's why we keep bringing this up. I mean, if you made it 50-50 or at least 35%, 40%, that's a high number. We'll take that for now. Yeah. You, 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 it also gives kids and people coming up more to see than, oh, damn, I could maybe be a coach or a trainer yeah. or a referee or someone else aside from somebody just on the court because that's all they see. That's all they see. But if, oh, I could be an owner or a GM yeah. or whatever, you know, kids start to see that. So opportunity is everything, and we, we think there should be more jobs um, held sure. by African Americans and 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 um, brothers that are qualified, not just because yeah, they're. Yeah. We're not saying, but there are a lot of qualified black coaches that are not working, mm-hmm. uh, and they should be working. Absolutely, Mark Jackson should be working. Jason yep. Kidd should be working. Yep. Well, Avery is working, but you know, I I, I think you. What about Byron Scott? What about Brian Shaw? Yeah, they're only good enough to be assistants, man. <laughs> that's sad man that's sad that i mean is. yeah and you know we just wanted to shed light on that i mean we could go on and on about it and just go yeah, around yeah, in circles yeah, about yeah, about yeah. it but we just thought it was important um as to to african-american young men ourselves like we just we just wanted to shed a light on that situation because it's not often talked about in mainstream sports media so Absolutely um not. so we just thought we would take this opportunity with the firing of Tyrone Lue 
to bring it up and have a, a conversation about it. That's all. And, and uh, Dorian hit it on the head. We just wanted you guys to know how we felt about it. And we just, more importantly than anything, it's just an opportunity. And we think certain people that are qualified, black, white, Asian, Latino, doesn't matter. They should have a fair shot to mm-hmm. do those positions. Uh, a post that you may, and, and we know the world is about who you know. So we yep. know Luke Walton. Yeah, I keep bringing you up, Luke, but it is what it is. Your dad got you that. You're the golden boy. I know you played with the Lakers. You didn't do much on the court. And there should be a time, there should be a a, a, a limit on how long you, you're going to be there, regardless of win or lose. You 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 haven't the Lakers look like crap right now. You got LeBron, you got Kuzma. You wanted to start Kuzma at center. What's really going on? You have no backup center. You're I right. have to question a lot, you know. So I don't know, man. Uh, before we get out of here, I know you like giving gems, and I know you got a gem for the people. But oh we, yeah, it, <laughs> I st- I have a, a interesting coaching gem for you. So okay, I got five coaches that one coach of the. I'm sorry, five coaches. Yeah, that never that one coach of the year, but never won a championship. Mm. So, I don't even know if I know though. I'm about, I probably know like one. Okay. So all these coaches were coach of the year, and then the following year they got fired. Mm. First person, Dwayne Casey. Everybody knows that. Right. Toronto Raptors, um, 2017-2018. George Carl was the next coach. Denver Nuggets, 2012 to 2013. Pat Riley. Los Angeles Laker coach, uh, 1989 to 1990, and Dolph Shades uh, from Philadelphia 76ers, 1965 to 1966. I said five coaches. I only got four. I throw my I throw myself in there. Kyle Ross for the uh, <laughs> Drew League All Star from 2015 2016. <laughs> but I got oh, four though. Those four coaches, um, one coach of the year, and then the following year did not return. For their job, so I thought that, that is crazy. It's pretty interesting, right there, you know. So, I got a fun fact too, man. Something funny that you'll laugh about. When I was younger, I thought Pat Riley was black for years. Like, no way. <laughs> I just I don't know what it was with the slick back and being with the Showtime Lakers. I was young, like six, seven. I like, thought he was like a light skinned brother. I did. I don't know. What, I thought he was. I thought he was cut from like that Shalimar, that type of. Oh, you know, because uh, he had the swag though. That's. I mean, he, I, went, I, he I was understand. swagged out. I thought Pat Riley was black. I, I my mom told me never to tell the people that. I just let the world know. But it is what it is, man. That's my gym. Of course, I know you got one for the people. What you got, man? Pat Riley was Creole. <laughs> 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 oh man! Oh, oh, nah, okay, so, <laughs> now I gotta hear about this for the rest of my life from you. <laughs> now, my, now my gym of the week uh, for this week was uh, Al Adels, um, who coached the Golden State Warriors against Casey Jones and the Washington Bullets in the 1975 Finals. Was the first time that two black coaches coached against each other in the NBA Finals. Wow! I just thought I'd you know bring it all together with that gym because I don't think it's happened ever ever since then. So it could have happened with Tyrone Lou and and um, uh, Mike Brown. No, Mike Brown when Steve Kerr was kind of you know when he was having those back issues, but I, you know unofficially um, it would that would have made it happen again. But I don't think it's happened ever since 1975. Well, I only said that because. If Mark Jackson was still coaching the Warriors and he met Ty Lue then uh, we last have year, that, yeah. we would have that gym. That's pretty dope. Casey Jones, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. my man Casey all the way from Boston. I used to hate his ass. Yeah, most people that are Laker fans did hate. I hated everything uh, green and white. And then yep. Larry Bird came out and I was, that's a bad guy. It don't matter race, nothing. That's a nope. bad boy. <laughs> so Larry Bird was a killer. Yeah, he's on my top five. Well, that's it, man. I think anything else you want to get to people since we gave them the serious coach talk of the other night? Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> this was a more of a like a, you know, we were just shooting from the heart, like just kind of something that's been weighing on us. Like we talked about it. We talk about it off off, off uh, mic all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was just fitting to do it this this episode, especially with, with Ty Lue uh, getting let go. And it's almost like, you know, 
you see um, another brother got fired. So it's and and not to mention that in the NFL. Yeah, uh, what's your boy uh, Hugh uh, in uh, Hugh Cleveland? Jackson. He, yeah, he got let go, and he has a terrible team. Uh, and and, and now to pay Devil Devil's advocate on that, they gave him three years, and they his did. record they did. his his record was awful. I looked at it, and I couldn't. It was like it was point eighty eight percent or something. Three, he was three and thirty six and one or something like that. So <sighs> he with, was waiting for the, Josh Gordon to come back. He was, and then they also mentioned they didn't think, and they let they let the uh, offensive coordinator go as well, which yeah. is a white man. So, but they said they didn't think that the development of Baker Mayfield moving forward, being a franchise player, it wasn't fast enough. And I guess what Hugh was running, and it, there was a lot of tension in the locker room. So, mm. um, you know, that kind of is what it is. It's in every sport, we just yeah. want to see more opportunity. And the last thing about that, the Dodgers just lost the World Series. Yeah. And now they're talking about letting Dave Roberts go, who took them to the World Series last year and also this year. I mean, well, the man is not out there pitching and batting. What do you want him to do? Right. He can yeah. he can only prepare them so much. They got to go out there and swing the bat. They got to perform. Matt Kemp, where are you? You ain't been the same since Rihanna took you know took you out on a couple of days. You know, Pui, <laughs> what's up? You do soul. come on, man. You do all that talking. And he he and he does not perform when it counts. So man, I just sucks, like you man. said, it's along all sports. Uh, we'll see moving forward. Hopefully that this talk that we gave you guys, um, some of the listeners, um, you guys can tweet us, and this will impact people moving forward. Man, hopefully we get some new coaches out there. Yeah, man. Hopefully, hopefully that this downward trend at the NBA is going on stops this year, and we see an upward trend again. Uh, with the NBA and the coaches over over all the leagues, honestly, mm-hmm. maybe except for hockey, because uh, it's not a lot of brothers. I mean, no, not discrediting the the brothers up in Canada that play hockey, but uh, I don't think it's a black. It's been a black coach in the NHL. Well, I think the weather has a lot to do with it, brothers. Don't <laughs> like that cold weather. So for you to stand, it's one thing to be out there on the ice because you will heat up going back and forth. But for you to stand in the suit. And that cold, <laughs> not unless Steve Harvey got some mink coats or mink suits, they're not doing it. So we won't see any brothers anytime soon coaching hockey. Oh, man. But yeah, that's all we got for y'all this week, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, listen, uh, you guys already know uh, hardwoodbrand.com is our website. You can catch our apparel on there. Uh, please grab hats and shirts, anything we have left on the site. We appreciate everybody that supports us. From the bottom of our hearts, uh, we're on YouTube. We got a couple videos up. Please follow us, subscribe to our podcast, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Snap and SoundCloud. And uh, we're also on all the best social social media platforms, which will be Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So yes, sir. Uh, you guys leave a comment. Please uh, continue to follow us on this journey. We we appreciate everybody. Uh, I'm signing off. Old Man Ross, Air Maxes, and sweatsuits. It's your boy D Hilly. We out of here, man. <laughs> you that's so hilarious that you just don't have no AK. You just wig it. I love it, man. Yeah, man. Um, I, I got to. I know you do, man. All right, man. Well, y'all know what to do. Spread love and not hate. Get in the gym, shoot some jumpers. At least about eight. All right, man. Y'all be safe. Enjoy the rest of your night. We love y'all. Peace.